0: and catholic means universal. <laughs> I'll be saying that every time we recite that. Okay. We're planning to do it every Sunday we have the Lord's Supper. Okay. We did it last month too. So, all right, Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 through 10. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in in the viper's den." They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, who shall stand as a banner to the people, for the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting place shall be glorious. Prize that is using these children trafficking them, also trafficking women around this world. We ask that you would unmask this whole process, make a name for yourself, but especially we pray for this county and whatever role we can play as your servants in this process, please show us that open door. We ask this of you, good shepherd. We do ask for the planning of the retreat this October, that you would put all of that together, that there would be great, great, great spiritual outcomes from that planned retreat. We commit that to you for your glory. We ask for Sheila Snyder. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 7. Beginning in verse 24. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then he brought, they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his finger in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephphathah, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one. But the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. In those days, the multitude being great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he set them also before them. So they ate and were filled And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now, those who had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away, immediately got into the boat with his disciples, and came to the region of Dalmanutha. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply. In his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And he left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. (laughs) But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, we can read this passage and think, just from standing back and read, what knuckleheads. <laughs> Knucklehead Jewish people who have had, Jewish leaders who have had, Miracle after miracle after miracle after sign after sign after sign. We've come seeking a sign. Really? What have you done with the ones I've already given you? They've turned away from... He, it's already in Mark's narrative. Oh, he casts out demons by the power of Beelzebub, the chief of the demons. What are they doing with the evidence he's already presented to them? They're stiff farming him. Why? Because they don't like the logical conclusion it would lead them to. This is God come in the flesh. That's the logical conclusion. He's doing things only God can do. And they don't like it, and they don't like it. They're looking for things to accuse them of. Last week we looked at the narrative where the Jewish leaders the Pharisees and Sadducees, or excuse me, Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus seeking a sign, wanting to find some basis of accusation, and they saw they saw his disciples bring bread from the marketplace and they they ate that bread without doing the ceremonial washing that was a tradition received from the elders. Not just washing their hands. No, no, no. you got to wash your hands according to the right elders format or isn't good enough. And Jesus says, you knuckleheads, you elevate the rules of men and you stiff arm the commands of God. God said to you, honor your father and your mother. And what do you do? You came up with a rule where a person can take their wealth, they can take their resources and declare them korban. That is, they can declare them dedicated to the glory of God in the, for the use of the priests in the temple. Oh, so when their parents, their father and mother need help, and the scripture says, honor your father and your their parents need help. Oh, I'm sorry, daddy. I'm sorry, mommy. I can't help you because I've committed my wealth that I still have possession of and full use of. I've dedicated to the glory of God in the temple upon my. so I can't use those resources to obey God <laughs> and honor you. You created a Rule over here that defies the commandment of God and gives people authentic religious permission to do that. And these religious leaders, these Jewish religious leaders, Jesus is basically saying, You're not going to get any more. You've got all the signs you need. You've had all the signs you need and more than enough, and you have only used it to incite it. You're jealous. You're angry because I, Jesus, am a threat to you and your place in the community. Meanwhile, what else do we see in this, narrative? We see the people. He went up to Tyre and Sidon. He goes up to Tyre and Sidon. Folks, that's Jezebel's home area. That is as far distant as as he ever goes in all of his ministry, it is Gentile, 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 rebellious territory, the very emblematic of rebellion against God. He goes there, and here is this Greek woman, ethnically Greek, born in that area, who comes to him seeking for him to deliver her child from demon possession. Now, we can read this narrative and think, Jesus, you're really kind of uh, mm, uh, not nice to <laughs> this lady. He's actually inciting, he's pulling out of her the depth of her faith. What does she really think? She hears he is there. She has heard the accounts of him delivering other people from demonic possession, she goes to him. She has that faith. This Greek woman, and folks, in the Jewish outlook, the Jewish, that's as distant from God as you can get. Maybe almost as bad as an Egyptian. <laughs> this woman comes and she exhibits faith so that even when Jesus says, well, I can't give what is really meant for the little children. I can't give their bread to the puppies. Well, even the puppies wandering around under the table get to eat the crumbs that fall to the floor. And Jesus is as he says in another place, I haven't encountered faith like this anywhere in in Israel. (laughs) He responds to her humble, humble, humble faith. (laughs) Go to your home, your daughter is delivered. And her daughter is delivered. And the word she Witnessed that and came back and obviously spread the testimony among his disciples. So here we have Jesus going through all these. Then he goes from there, this distant to the to the northwest area, the furthest northwest he's ever going to. And then he goes where? He goes to Decapolis. What's. Where have we encountered Decapolis earlier in the narrative? Well, remember that fellow? They got in the boat, they crossed the Sea of Galilee. It was only about a six or seven mile journey, but they got over there. They went through the storm. Jesus calmed the storm. They get there, and here is the man filled with a legion of demons. Everybody in that whole area knows about this guy more than once. They put chains on this man, and he broke the chains. He broke the shackles. They can't stop this guy. He's running around naked. They can't. He's not even clothed. And everybody in that whole region knows about this guy. Jesus shows up and casts the legion. What is your name, demon? Legion, for we are many. And he casts them into that herd of 2,000 swine that runs down and drowns itself in the sea and the people who were in charge of that herd, no they're not wild hogs, they're, cultiv- they're being raised for food use. That's not part of the Jewish culture, is it? Anyway, they go around, they tell it, and the people come out from the towns the surrounding area. And They all know about this man. They witness him sitting there fully clothed, having a wonderful conversation with Jesus in his right mind. And what do they do? They beg Jesus to leave. He is a threat to them. Perhaps financially, culturally, and they beg him to leave. So the man who has been had been cleansed of the demon, says, I want to go with you. No, 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 no. You go back and tell all your friends about what has happened with you in that region of Decapolis. Well, that's where Jesus comes to next. He's come down to Decapolis. That is the part principally to the east side of the Sea of Galilee and the in the east side of the Jordan River. There's a little bit of it that stretches across the west side of the Jordan, not It's probably about 10% of the Decapolis region. Decapolis means 10 towns or 10 cities because that's what's in that region. But he goes there to this principally Gentile or at least very rebellious Jewish area. And what kind of welcome does he get? He gets a glad welcome. The further Jesus got from Jerusalem, the bigger his welcome. The closer he got to Jerusalem, the greater the opposition Shouldn't it have been the opposite? But it wasn't. So they bring to him, he comes to the Tyre and Sidon region. They, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. They, they brought to him this man who was both deaf and had he was mute. He had an impediment in his speech. And Jesus, they bring this man with a condition they, everyone knows about, they can't solve. But that fellow Jesus, who cast the legion of demons out of that fellow, let's see what he can do. And Jesus, heals this man. Everybody knows it. Immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. Then he com- he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Well, why Why would Jesus want them not to tell that? Because the number one solution they want is the solution to their physical issues. They want healing, 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 healing and what does jesus what's jesus' number one agenda for them redemption, 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 redemption he doesn 't want to be so overwhelmed with the task of solving their immediate physical health issues that they miss their soul issues. Their soul issues is their principal problem. And Jesus wants to keep the focus on that. He's providing the, that the healing episodes and, to confirm that the invisible miracles are also real. The redemption he offers is real, just as the healings are real. And then he... He's done this. He's still in the Decapolis region. And these, these people have come surrounding him. 4,000 people. Folks, that's a lot. Is there any church in Kerville that can hold 4,000 people? I don't know. We, can, does Tyvee Stadium would probably hold 4,000? <laughs> I don't know. That's a lot of people. And they've been with him for three days. And they're hungry. And... Jesus feeds them. Miraculous feeding of the 4000. Then the Pharisees came to him. The Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him, but he but he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, "Why does this generation seek a sign? You're not real. You are you are not men of integrity." What are you going to do with the evidence if I give it to you? You're going to stiff arm it. You're going to deny it. You're going to deny it anyways. Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus actually lays out in the first six verses of Matthew 7, he lays out the format for coming alongside someone When you've taken the plank out of your own eye, then you've qualified yourself to be a judge, a deliverer in someone else, and you can go and help them get the speck out of their eye. But then he concludes that passage with these words, do not cast your pearls before swine, nor give what is holy to the dogs, lest they turn and tear you in pieces. What are the Jewish religious leaders? What have they proven themselves to be? They have seen sign after sign after sign. They've heard truth after truth after truth. They don't want it. They don't want it. And so what is Jesus doing here? He is refusing to cast a pearl before the swine. They have proven themselves to be, and not value what God values. Why is casting your pearl before a swine a problem? Because a pig doesn't know what a, the value of a pearl. He might actually gobble it down. They gobble everything else down. Don't cast your pearls before a swine, nor give it holy to the dog. Those are the, In the Jewish culture, those, those, are the, those are the two beasts that are the most repulsive. Pigs and dogs. Basically, what he's doing with them is he is declaring them to be swine. You're not worthy of a sign. So no, I'm not going to give it to you. The the signs I've already given you, the pearls I've already cast to you, you've only gobbled them up. You haven't valued them as you should have. Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. I'm not going to cast any pearls before you. And then he, they get back in the boat, and of course we have this silly episode with the apostles where he's actually telling them, okay, don't partake of the leaven of the Pharisees or the leaven of Herod, the wicked king who had John the Baptist beheaded. Well, in the Old Testament, in the Jewish culture, leaven is a, is a reference, it's used as a sinful thing. The matzah crackers of their Passover, they were that was unleavened bread. Leaven is used as a reference to sin in the culture. Don't partake of the leaven of the Pharisees. Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod, the things that they would do to actually uh, corrupt you. And they reason among themselves, oh no, it's because we didn't bring any bread. We only have one loaf of bread, and here we are, a whole boat boat full of people, and we only got one loaf of bread. Oh no, he's really chewing us out. And she says, guys, (laughs) yes, does God uh, God, uh, occasionally get frustrated with me? (laughs) Does God occasionally get frustrated with you? Jesus get frustrated. Guys, they were the ones who handed out the bread to the 5,000. Five loaves, 5,000 people, and they gathered up 12 basketfuls of leftovers. More leftovers than they started with. And then the same kind of thing with the 4,000. He's like, Okay, do you think one loaf of bread, let's see, 4,000 divided by, uh, that's 600 people per loaf. (laughs) Guys, one loaf is enough. (laughs) How can you have seen what I've done and not put two and two together? It's not hard, guys. So yes, Jesus is expressing frustration with them. Why do you reason? Because you have no bread. Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000 how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. 12 baskets of fragments. They started with five loaves. You've got to put five loaves in one basket. They come up with 12 baskets full of leftovers. Also, when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many large baskets of fragments did you take up? They said, seven. So he said to them, how is it that you do not understand? Guys. (sighs) Okay. Now, On the one hand, we can look at these fellows and say, wow, Lord, you really put up with a lot with them. Oh, wait. (laughs) You've put up with a lot of knucklehead nonsense from me too, haven't you? Yeah, 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 you have, you have, you have. And yet, how loyal to us is He? How devoted to us is He? How loving and merciful and kind is He to us? Does a loving parent rebuke its child when that child steps out of line? Yes, a loving parent does that. That's what love does. So He is giving them a rebuke that will correct their outlook and understanding. And God, this is the God of mercy, love, grace compassion, kindness, patience. He loves us so much. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is the son who's going to embrace a cross for us and he knows he is. He knows what awaits him. That's how much he loves us. So in correcting us, he in correcting them and in correcting us, he's actually demonstrating love not to the measure he demonstrated on the cross, but we have that. Can we doubt God's merciful love to us? No. He gave every proof. Will we pay attention to the evidence? The Jewish leadership wouldn't. They sought a sign. He said, no, I've given you sign after sign after sign. He keeps army. Will we accept the evidence, the message from the cross of his loving loyalty to us? That's why we have the Lord's Supper. Why did Jesus institute the Lord's Supper? Why did the church carry it on and carry it on and carry it on? Ladies and gentlemen, this brings us back to square one. This brings us back to the basics. And I've used this illustration before. Forgive me. Way back in uh, about 19... uh, I think it was 58, something like that, there was this uh, football team called the Green Bay Packers that at the time was the superpower in the NFL. And who was their coach, their famous coach? Jim Jim Lombardi? Vincent Vince Lombardi Vincent Lombardi. Yes. (laughs) And so anyways, the next year they had won the NFL championship. The next year they're playing a game, a practice game with another NFL team. And we're the Green Bay Packers. We can just walk out on the field and just kind of play around and this other team's just gonna fall down like a mat. We're gonna walk all over them. That isn't what happened. They got out there, they're just playing around, and the other team is after it. They want to defeat the Packers. They're giving it everything they have, and the Packers have frankly gotten embarrassed. And at halftime, in the locker room, Vince Lombardi walks in. They're sitting there kind of shamefaced, and Vince Lombardi walks in, picks up a football, and holds it up, and he says, this is a football (laughs) <laughs> the further you get from the basics, the closer you get to defeat. Do the basics. You tacklers go out and tackle. You guards go out and guard. You do the job. And they went out in the second half, completely dominated the other team and won the game. But do the basics, do the basics, do the basics. Why do we have the Lord's Supper? Why do we have this Regular event in the life of the church. It has got Jesus setting up this so to do what? To bring us back to the basics. What is the basis of your relationship with me? My mercy. Not your performance, my mercy. The redemptive work of God the Son on the cross is the full and only basis of your welcome with me. Plus nothing, plus nothing, plus nothing. And that is why we have the Lord's Supper to bring us back to basics. This is a football. This is the the core. This is the reality of our relationship. Of my, the Creator God, My welcome of you into my holy presence. I enabled that reality. I'm going to invite Master Barrett and Master Medina to join me here.